Welcome to Catalyst Podcast. Catalyst is an inclusive podcast that prioritizes Black and Indigenous healing while combating socialized mindsets. Within the space of decolonizing and deconstructing, Catalyst taps in ancestrally, intuitively, and with a community-based approach in order to disrupt oppressive paradigms. I'm Nike Oria, a creative consultant and an ancestral disruptor, and I help others create safer healing spaces that are inclusive and reduce harm, especially for Black and Indigenous women plus and femmes. Welcome to the space. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Catalyst Podcast. I'm your host, Nike, and I'm so excited that you're in this intuitive, courageous, disruptive space. Before we dive into today's episode, I just wanted to make a couple of announcements. Ding! (laughs) Number one is that my ancestor healing retreat is in the works for 2023 and the waiting list is now open. This is the last week to sign up for the waiting list where you'll get an exclusive deal. You'll also get access to a free ancestral reading if you sign up for the retreat. And you'll just know this first details and dibs. There's only eight spots for the retreat. So um, last time eight people signed up for the retreat, I'm expecting the same. And so be on the waiting list, you'll just get access to all of that. So if you're interested, just click the link um, down below in the show notes or just in any of my bio links, um, they'll see the wait list. And again, it closes this week. So yeah. Another announcement is that if you have an intuitive business and you have been wanting to focus on creating safer spaces, especially for BIPOC and members of the LGBTQIA community, and you want to make sure that your spaces are safe, that your messaging is clear and anti-racist and anti-oppressive, and that you're creating a business that aligns with your values, I'm have my eight weeks Catalyst intensives. Usually Catalyst is a four month program and it's a big investment. However, I just saw so many people really wanted to do this work and I want to give people the foundation so they can build upon it in a sustainable way. So if you're interested, please check out this eight week program. Um, It's a very discounted deal and it's just eight weeks to really focus on your messaging, your containers, and making sure that your business is representative of being anti-oppressive. So link also in the bio. And then my last announcement is that there's been a transition with my crystal jewelry shop. So if you didn't know, I create intuitive crystal jewelry. I've been in transition with it. Um, I've been doing or talking about doing more wholesale and also being in more like in-person venues. So the the online has been taking a back seat a little just with everything, but we're bringing it back perfect for Virgo Susan. Um, And I specifically have changed like the name. It used to just be Nike Oreo jewelry, but now that is pretty intuitive crystal 
Julie. So you see, it just, we just, we just, we just, we, it's all supposed to be somewhere, but sometimes you just need to shift things to make them really align. And so the shop is still available. It's still open, but there will be transitions with it. Um, and there will be new arrivals and new pieces. I do have an Instagram for it. So I'd love, 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 love for you to follow. And also if you're a part of the Instagram, you'll see new arrivals, but you'll also see some juicy giveaways. So again, look at the show notes to see the Instagram and um, make sure that you follow so you're in the know all the time. Okay, enough announcements. Let's get into this episode. Excited for this one, like I'm excited for every episode. But yes, um, (laughs) it's not a flex to not see color. Let's get into it. Let's get into why it's problematic and let's get into it why it really bypasses what we need to do, especially when we want to get rooted back into authentic communities. So I've heard this phrase my entire life. And I think the first time I actually heard it as my developing mind was making connections. I was like, okay, that sounds like a very, you know, inclusive, not inclusive. It sounds like a very foil poof plan to say, it sounds like it combats every type of racism that you might encounter or any type of disruption that you might encounter. But actually, I think it does quite the opposite. And now when I hear people say this or talk in the same mannerism of this, like we'll say other things like we are all one, I believe in one race, the human race. It actually gives me red flags. Ding, ding, ding. This is problematic. And we're going to dive into why. You know, I understand the sentiment and I understand that it shouldn't matter, right? So like race is made up, is a socialization. It was created in order to put division into place and it was carefully curated to do the same. But also it has a long-term history that has been for thousands of years. Let's be real. The concept of race, even though it is not real, right? Like basing people on different races is not valid. And um, whoever created it, did it for a specific reason, for power and for influence and to create a hierarchy. It is something that has been embedded in our societies and in the different countries around the world that we have to take into consideration because now it has created a a system that if you're not a part of the system in a way where you have an advantage based on strictly skin tone, then you are automatically at a disadvantage. And so I think we hear about this in the spiritual community a lot because there is these this um, inauthentic striving to community without without taking consideration all the things that make it not authentic community. And so this is something you hear a lot. And I want to I, I, I want to talk about this for two reasons. Number one, I think there's nothing wrong with seeing how unique and different that we all are. We all have different paths. We have different um, lived experiences and the way that we go through life is going to be different based on appearances and also our culture and like what we've grown grown up with and the lived experiences of those around us. No, no one human has the same lived experience. I truly believe that we are just unique beings in this really multifaceted world. And so when we see this statement, it's kind of negates our unique 
identities and it really bypasses um, our experiences for sure, especially the experiences of those who are affected by racism and oppression and systematic oppression the most. And so by saying this, um, I think oftentimes you are just negating the lived experiences of the person that you're probably directing you to who probably is a person of color. And you're really saying that I don't see you and I only really value my lived experience. Um, because let's just be real. We all have lived different lived experiences and the darker you are, the more colorism and racism that you experience. If you don't realize that by now, this is not the podcast for you. I'm just saying. And so by saying that we don't see color when clearly you do, unless you have your heart of seeing, clearly you do. And also how ableist is the statement too? <laughs> Let's get into that. But by saying that, it's, it's a little insight of how uncomfortable you are with understanding that everyone's unique experiences in this world does not create a unique outcome or a unique way for them to live this world. And so their roadblocks are going to be different and their privileges are going to be different. So it's also, I think people say this because they don't want to have productive conversations because the conversations about racism and race and oppression and positionality and privilege are challenging and uncomfortable. And a lot of people don't want to be uncomfortable, even though it's inevitable. Comfort is an illusion. We are always uncomfortable. We just sometimes sit in our illusion of comfort. And so, you know, I mean, holistically, your blankets, it's the softest thing ever. And yes, $95 was worth it. Okay. But um, I think it really, when we kind of sit in the illusion of comfort when it comes to these harder conversations, it keeps us from actually moving forward and to actually getting into a authentic and genuine community. You can't create community if you're ignoring everything about the diversity of that community and the intersectionality of that community. And so, It just doesn't allow for any conversation to arise and to actually, you know, be open. There's a spectrum of white supremacy and racism too that I think is really important. I use it in a lot of my one-to-one -one coachings and you'll see that this is like, um, I forget which one it's about, but it's, it's below white savior, actually. I think it's just like, I forget the title, but I think it's really important to be conscious of it because I think a lot of people who say this think that they are being very inclusive and very diverse and very like not racist, but it's actually contributing to the idea of racism because by ignoring these very real things that are very, like happening, you are actively becoming a bystander and bystanders are still contributing to the systems that are really harmful, especially to marginalized groups. And so we often think that this sh shuts down the conversation or it shuts down anything that can spark any controversy, especially by appropriating the idea from Martin Luther King of not to be judged by the color of their skin. So many people take that one phrase and they just use it to make whatever, which again, problematic. Um, but 
while you think you're neutralizing the situation, again, you're just contributing, contribute, you're contributing, you're contributing, I can't say the word, what's going on? You're contributing to the issues by wanting to neutralize it or ignore the very real issues that many people of color especially are going through. And so let's talk about the second part of this. I don't see color, AKA being race neutral. Um, it's, it's a way to bypass. Okay, here's the thing. I'm pretty sure this term has become, like it, people have been saying this maybe since maybe after the civil rights movement, right? Which is like only, I mean, my parents were alive during the civil rights movie movement. So let's say like 60 to 70 years, right? 50 to 60, 70 years. It hasn't been that long. Um, where people were segregated strictly based on the color of their skin. We can't start saying that we don't see color when there have been centuries of harm and hurt based on color. We can't say that we don't see color when we have not unlearned the nuances of color and how it plays a part in different people's lives and what they're able to have access to, what they're able to experience, the safety that they're able to feel and the privilege that they're able to access. By just using this phrase and deciding suddenly that you don't see color, um, is actively ignoring the generational and ancestral hurt that many people have and that many people have been a part of. And so if we ignore centuries of this and try to bypass it with a simple phrase that we think neutralizes the trauma that has occurred, we will never become one as we like to say, we will never become neutral when it comes to race. If we ignore things that have happened, that have had a great impact on people's, not only emotional body, but physical bodies, but realities, we will never progress. We won't. It's like when you have a family secret that has been passed down down the generation, a generational wound that has been passed down and everyone stays silent. Nobody talks about it, we ignore it, we keep the secret, nobody addresses it. What ends up happening? It just repeats itself, it gets passed down the line. And we are doing that on a holistic worldwide level when it comes to racism and oppression. And when it comes to people wanting to neutralize and keep it hush hush, that's what you're doing. You're not innovative with this phrase. You're not disrupting anything. You're shushing it down. You're ignoring it. And you're not allowing for, again, progressive conversations to happen, but progression in general to happen. I think shying away from conflict, number one, it's a pillar of white supremacy. But number two, there's such a stigma around conflict because, yes, conflict can be de de it can be de depleting and it can be um, exhausting, but it can also be exhilarating and it can really cause shifts in your life and so can being silent silent can be exhausting being silent can be um depleting it can be sabotaging anything that we want to 
get better. And so I really, really dislike this term. I think it also sends the message of I don't have to think about race or I can choose not to think about race and I can choose not to think about how it affects um, myself or other people because let's be real it's not only people of color I mean it's not only white people who think this way there's a lot of people of color who might think this way too and internalized oppression and all that things that's another episode for another day but if you no matter what your identity is if you are able to utter this phrase and fully believe in it and you're able to not have to think about racism and race and like how your skin tone and features play a part in your existence that is such a privilege that is such an amazing privilege because even actively me, I'm not thinking about race. I'm not thinking that I'm a brown black woman every single moment that my brain is awake, but sometimes I'm jolted back to reality because I'm walking down the store and there's someone who is calling me the N word. That happened like two months ago. Or I'm um, at work and somebody says a microaggression about my hair or I'm interviewing for a job and they say that my hair isn't professional. Like things like this, we get confronted by it easily. And so maybe you don't see color, but do you say, do you see hair texture? Do you see cultural influence? Do you see, do you hear different dialect? Do you feel panic or fear? that other people have when they're in a space that doesn't feel safe? Or do, are all of your senses shut down just when it comes to race? If we want to strive to not see color, to strive to not have race be something that impacts people's lived experiences in a negative way, that's one thing, striving to get that and build authentic communities where we all are seen as one is one thing. But to just declare it without actively doing any work to help support this claim that you're making is another. And it's completely hurtful. And again, you are part of the issue. Saying I'm not comfortable talking about race because I'm not used to being comfortable is better than saying, I don't see color because it's actively admitting that you would rather place your comfort around having a difficult discussion that might shift something in either yourself or other people. And honestly, that's okay. Not everyone's meant to embrace shifts, but being really actively and honest about where you're at, I think is better than just bypassing something that is really real for many people, especially if you're not a part of that community. Um, and because I know a huge demographic um, of these lists of, of the listeners of Catalyst, you know, probably understand this, but I would also encourage you to disrupt when anyone else says this, even if it's in a little way to question them 
or ask them a question about it. It doesn't always have to be a full fuzz conversation, but I think the more that we talk about this, especially in the spiritual space that tends to bypass these topics easily anyway, because it's easier to direct things for the light and love crowd, um, the better it will do and the more equitable paces or spaces that we'll be able to create and actually create community. It's really hard um, and also let's talk about how the phrase also taps into being the declaration of like, I'm not racist without understanding that um, the demographic that has had the most historical influence of being racist and has created the concept of race cannot have the declaration of calling themselves not racist. Like you aren't the one experiencing it. So how can you make that? distinguishment you can't um and I really wish people would be more concerned about actually being racist through their actions their thoughts and what they're saying rather than the label of racist because I think people have really focused on that label and they haven't really analyzed their socialization or how they have contributed to the systems and let's be clear a lot of people who are existing right now, it's not our faults. We didn't create the socialization, right? We didn't create the, the concepts. We are a product of our environment. However, if you're not now conscious of it, which you should be because I just said it, and you still refuse to do anything um, through your actions because you're contributing to the system that we were forced to be a part, then again, you're part of the problem. Um, and so that can be really deliberate or de debilitating right and it can feel like too much and i honestly don't believe in guilting or shaming us again number one let's focus on okay i've been socialized this way it's not necessarily my fault right how can i analyze my internalized oppression how can i understand my socialization how can i understand the ways that i have been actively participating in these systemic oppressive things that have been happening and now how can I nurture the parts of myself that feel shameful or guilty about it because shame and guilt can be a really de desperate emotion that can consume our emotional bodies so addressing that and supporting that need whether that's going to someone who can support you or journaling it out and then what can I do for myself that's sustainable and like it will help me in being a better community member and actually addressing these things. It doesn't have to be drastic. It doesn't have to be that you're protesting every weekend and you're putting yourself in the space to be arrested and then on the, the news media. It's like, no, it could just be by you're seeing something in your workplace and you're seeing someone sending a microaggression to someone and you're saying, hey, that's not okay to say. And it's as simple as that. That's disrupting the system and that's the disruption we need. That is what we need. We need to stop saying these things that are now acceptable and that completely distract us from doing the work that would really help humanity as a whole, that would help us get away from having the fear of just being our present selves physically not even like emotionally personality i am afraid to show up as myself in spaces 
based on my skin tone and based on my body size and based on my features. How sad is that, that I have to Google and research everything I, every place I go to, because I don't know if it's a sundown town or if there will be accepting of me as my physical form, not even thinking about personality. And I know many of us can relate to this, just thinking about our identities and the intersectionality. And I'm not only talking about race, I mean, I've been saying that, but think about all the intersectionalities of identity, ableism, anti-tenditism, being a part of the LGBTQIA, so experiencing homophobia, transphobia, xenophobia, even being a part of any religions, right? So, we have to be actively thinking about these things in a holistic way. And I think the best disruptor you can be is by doing it in a way that you see this in your everyday because that's what makes it normalized. These little statements or comments that are just okay or have been okay to say in our everyday. These little actions that have been okay to do in our everyday. We don't have to wait for something horrific and traumatic to happen on a big scale to care about these things. We don't have to wait for that anymore. I'm literally telling you as permission, disrupt your workspaces, disrupt your family conversations, disrupt the educational spaces that you're in, disrupt these conversations that take place that contribute to the harm that lead to the huge traumatic events like Joy Floyd or Breonna Taylor. We need to stop waiting for something big to happen or orders to feel empowered to say something. You are empowered now. It's ingrained in your DNA. So be the catalyst that your space needs. Because saying that statement is not a flex. It's saying, I plan to do nothing about combating racism. And I plan to put on these sunglasses that make everyone seem the same. But let me tell you, even if you put on those shades that retract color and take color away, there's you still see different shades. Am I right or am I wrong? So what are you really doing? What is the point of creating this illusion of not seeing something that is very real and impacts the daily lives of many people? Okay, y'all. You know, it's Virgo season. If you didn't know Virgos, yes, maybe analytical, maybe um, type A, very organized. But Virgos, Virgos are also disruptors. They go against the norm and they're innovators. And I'm a Virgo moon. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's the season to do all that. So thank you so much for connecting to me, connecting to the space, being a part of the Catalyst fam. Again, remember the announcements. All the links are down below. And until next time, be the Catalyst you didn't know you needed. Bye.